Welcome to TMZ Live, Charles here. And Babcock here. So uh, the verdict is in for Jonathan Majors. On Monday in New York City, the jury, after deliberating about four hours over the last three days, came back with a verdict, um, and it's guilty. Uh, guilty on one count of assault, guilty on one count of harassment, yep. but not guilty on a couple of others uh, that might have carried uh, a heavier penalty. But as it stands, Jonathan Majors possibly could be going to jail for a year. So this is all of the incident with his uh, then girlfriend, yep. Grace Jabari. She says that he assaulted her in the car right. that uh, back in March. Um, and the jury actually found him guilty of something that happened outside of the car, but we, which we saw in plain view, and that was the assault as he shoved her back into the oh. car. When he got out, was trying to run away, she chased right. after him, and he shoves her back right. in the car. So, so it's not the initial allegations, Charles. It's not what happened inside of the SUV in, in the Escalade, but it's that moment right there. Right. That's the uh, the assault that they got. Now, there was also Boy. a harassment charge that he was found guilty on. I, I got to tell you, I, th I think this is a pretty stunning judgment. Uh, I, the evidence that had come out that we had all seen led a lot of people, myself included, to conclude that it would be unlikely that the uh, prosecutors could prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he had committed these crimes. But that's what the jury found. Um, and but, although, but Jason, the, yeah. the ones in the car, they found him not guilty of yeah, the allegations so, of what happened while they were inside the car. So you're right. It's like the jury, they didn't have. I, I, I'm stunned that in the video, we all watched it. He tries to put her back in the car. Fine. Then he runs. He tries everything in his power to get away from her and for her to then give chase. I mean. This is going to have such an effect on his career. I don't care if it's what happened inside the car or outside the car. All people are going to say now is Jonathan Majors is guilty of assaulting a woman. And this was right. a guy who might have been the biggest actor in all of Hollywood. And that's nonsense to me. I, well, I think I mean, it's egregious. I, mean, I really do. Well, I mean, we, look, we have to give credence to a jury's determination. They, they see a lot more facts over a number of days than we see. They listen to all the witness testimony. They're able to judge the credibility of witnesses in a way that we're not. I hear you, Babcock. I see the same thing you see right, from my point of view. Partying at the club at night and it's... But, you, yeah, have but all to, that. you have to allow juries who see five days of evidence, however long this was to make these determinations and give the deference to them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they didn't, didn't, for you. I they mean, didn't uh, uh, deliberate all that long, about four hours right. uh, spread out over uh, right. two days last week. Sort of leads you to believe, week, obviously when you have a quick uh, deliberation like that, it leads you to believe they didn't have much, you know, uh, they, they were yeah, pretty I mean, clear they on have, what they thought. They had some questions that they had to go back to the judge right. on, so they were there were things, I think the issues were which ones, uh, which assault charges related right. to what happened in the car and what's outside of the car, but. Yeah, and um, I, don't, I don't mean to discount now, her, Charles, at all. It's just when I watch that video, it doesn't feel like that's someone who could now do a year in a New York City jail for It could that. be up to a year. Um, it'll be interesting to see when sentencing happens, but, you know, first offense, maybe he doesn't end up. I, I don't Jason, right. do you think, I mean, it seems like jail time is unlikely. Well, I, I, but, I don't know, Charles, when you put the prosecutors to their paces and you don't take one of the very many plea bargains, I'm sure he was offered a, right. a deal that would have had no jail time. When you put them to their paces and force them to go through a very expensive trial, it's up to the judge ultimately, but there, I think there's a good chance he's going to get sentenced to some time. Now, yeah. New York, is not they're not going to put him away for a year. He'll get out much, much sooner than that, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he gets 30 days. Hi, I'm Deontay from Detroit. And this case has been back and forth and up and down. It's like a mixed bag here, especially if you're a fan of Jonathan Majors, which he is a pretty good actor. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens the rest of his career. Yeah. 
It that is, is, that is going to be the fallout for Jonathan yeah. Majors at this point. All right, uh, moving on now to Fantasia and what's starting to seem like a war with Airbnb, where she is claiming that somebody, whether it's the Airbnb host or the neighbors who report her, but that somebody uh, was racially profiling her and her family. Uh, this all happened during, uh, over the weekend, she, her son was turning 12, yep. and they went on a little trip. She said they wanted a house by a lake. Nice. And um, he brought some friends, and they had a party. Nice. Harmless, Charles. It seems right. like it, especially since it's a 12-year-old party, right. right? How bad could it be? Right. Well, she ended up getting into a huge fight with the host of this Airbnb and claims that they tried to kick her out in the middle of the night. So here is why she thinks this may be a case of racial profiling. My son wanted to rent a house at the lake and bring six of his friends. The kids were on the game truck, quietly playing because they're gamers. The neighbors, I don't know if this is a color thing and I, I don't want to feel like it, but my heart is completely broken. My husband put the fire pit on and we went outside and told scary stories. Now you probably heard maybe one or two screams, but the kids were in the bed by nine o'clock. What time did they call with the complaint? About 11.30. Stating that it was loud over here. That they were watching us on camera. They got a lot of videos from neighbors. Oh yeah, that they have videos, but nobody sent in. We're like, can you send us the proof, ma'am? Or it felt like, it felt like a black thing. You could tell she was hesitant. She didn't want to say it, but. No. From the, if the description that she gave is accurate, right. I understand why she might think that. Right, especially if the kids are in bed at 9 o'clock. Like you said, and I get this. If you're renting someone a house and you've got uh, 22-year-olds who are having a wild party and drinking, that, maybe there's drugs, but that, that wasn't up. that. Right? Right. She said the kids played games, they heard scary stories at the fire pit, and that is actually and really sad. By, and if they're, in bed, if they're in bed by 9, so I don't know what these complaints are. Right, where, why did the noise complaint then come in two and a half hours later? So we should just acknowledge she did, in fact, vacate. Her and her family left. Uh, the, the hosts demanded that, apparently they were trying to get them out that night at midnight when they called, saying you're being too loud. Uh, and then they said, all right, fine, be out by like 6 or 8 in the morning, and that's exactly what she did. So she did, in fact, leave. Um, now, look... I think it's wrong that she was booted that way. Whether she was actually violating rules or not, who knows? She's claiming she wasn't. She probably wasn't. It seems like an innocent get-together with kids. Probably wasn't that loud. These neighbors do seem obnoxious. But even if she was technically violating rules, that's no way to treat somebody. Now, on the issue of racial profiling, she's suggesting there was racial profiling at foot here. I can't really speak to that either. Like, based on what she's describing, she's saying, oh, it's just a feeling. And based on all the other descriptions she has, I, I'm not really hearing much, like, direct evidence of racial profiling per se. But then again... I'm not black. In fact, I'm actually white passing, so I don't really experience <laughs> this all that much at all. White but passing. if she has a feeling, then check, you got to yes, take her out of word. Maybe something's going on. Yeah, I, I'd love to see these videos. If the neighbors say uh, they have videos, the owner has videos, let, let's see it. She filed a complaint with Airbnb, yeah. and they gave her sort of a standard response online saying, um, you know, we take any discrimination right. very seriously. We're going to look into it. I just think if the neighbors have videos let's that are going to back it up, I would think that Airbnb would ask the host for that right. just to make sure okay. that you have yeah. a host who's not, who's not profiling. Discriminating against right. people, especially now that this, I, I don't know if they had any idea who she was, Charles, but this has obviously now become a big story, and Airbnb has a problem on their hands here, and they've, they've got and they the answer. Look at yeah. Hi, I'm Dr. Lou from Alabama, and I wouldn't say it was racial profiling, because I'm sure it's in the um, terms and conditions. 
um, you can't have parties at places like this, Airbnb. You can't have, a, see, but again, I, I know that I've, people have said that they have the, you know, no party right. rule, but what's a party? Right, it's, it's a bunch of 11, 12-year-olds listening to scary and stories. And it looked like Look at kids, them. seven kids. Right, they're young kids. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't call that a party. Well, maybe the video will, uh, yeah, will right, exactly. present itself, and then we'll know yeah, one way or another. All right, uh, moving on to Kendall Jenner in her single girl era, mm, yes, uh, to borrow from Taylor Swift. Uh, yes, she and Bad Bunny uh, reports, multiple reports, that they have broken up, yep. and we kind of saw this coming. Now, this weekend, she was out by herself. She's in Aspen, yep. and we noticed on Saturday that, again, Bad Bunny wasn't with her. She went out to dinner last night with Justin and Haley Bieber. Yep. Um, but it had been well over a month since we'd seen her and Bad Bunny together. Yeah, I think it was October, I think, the last time we had seen them together. Right. Well, yeah, so the news broke over the weekend that they're no longer together. So Kendall was hanging out with her friends. She's totally leaning on her friends, like, during this time. She's hanging out with Justin and Haley. They've been spotted in Aspen. They went out to dinner. But this photo of her, she knows the news just broke about her officially being single. And you gotta wonder, like, what's going through her head? Because in this photo, she kind of looks like a little sad. She knows <laughs> that everyone is gonna look at this photo and wonder how she's feeling and base it off huh. of how she looks. I, or she was just looking at with. the looking at the ground to make sure she but didn't she's, slip. And fall she knows, she's, she's so like, media savvy, Charles. <laughs> she knows people are gonna dissect the photo like Charlie has. It, it, so what was there was something she Charlie? What was the thing she posted? a few weeks ago that made us think maybe there might have been some breadcrumbs yeah. in advance because in mid-October she had posted a cryptic post on social media which you know is like kind of the go-to when you're going through something and she basically said whatever was meant for her would find its way to her so it almost seems like if this is related to the breakup that he broke up with her because if you broke up with the person you wouldn't be posting like oh what's meant for me will be for me you know so yeah might have happened a couple weeks ago well matthew perry's death uh by ketamine it seems that we told you on friday came back with a report saying that uh the cause of death was ketamine an accidental ketamine overdose yeah. Um, but what we didn't realize until this weekend, we got some more details on the numbers from that report. He had an extremely high level of ketamine in his system. And if you, for, if you don't know, ketamine is basically an anesthetic. Yeah. Um, and so the level that you would have in there, it, it, doctors will use it when someone's going into surgery. Right. Uh, he had levels in his body that were about the equivalent of uh, what you would have in surgeries. So yeah, yeah, they say, Charles, 3,540 nanograms per milliliter is what was found in Matthew's body. We have been told that the surgical dose, if you're going under uh, surgery and you were going to get anesthesia, it would be 1 to 6,000 nanograms per milliliter. So, so in the he middle was right in the middle. Uh, that just show, And remember, the other thing that they said was he had been doing ketamine therapy for depression. Right. Where they you know, right. do it as an infusion. Right. As Presumably an that would be a much lower dose. But they know that it wasn't from that because the last time he'd had the therapy uh, was a week and a half before right. his death and, and the levels were just right. And, and ketamine too, Charles, it doesn't last in the body very long. So they can pretty much tell, you know, you might've ingested this today, but you couldn't have taken it a week and a half ago. So that leads to the big question then, where did he get it? How did he do it? You know, you have to assume that if he hadn't had this therapy for a week and a half and like the levels you guys said there was anesthesia levels, 
you wonder if he had gotten this on his own or right. where it came from and if there's going to be some sort of investigation into that. Yeah, because we've seen that in uh, other cases where they police actually want to investigate and find Try to find the dealer, try Mac to find Miller, middleman. We saw that, right? Yeah. I, I think the Mac question, Miller. and the question I have, and I don't know that we have the answer to this, Charles, because they did list drowning as a secondary cause. Did the ketamine, did that take Slow Matthew's his, life? Right. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Slow did, his did the, breathing right, to the point that. That he went unconscious and went below the water and then drowned, or did the ketamine actually right. kill him by itself? Well, they do list, like you said, drowning yeah. is listed as a secondary cause, so... If he weren't in the, I guess the question we all wonder is if he wasn't in the hot tub. Right. Might he have just he passed out and, and then woken up at, at some point. At levels like that, I mean, I guess that would depend on when they got to him. Right. If they got to him soon enough. But um, just, you know, it's just, you always think about all the things that Matthew Perry went through and that he was very proud of. I mean, this is yep. why, this is what he wrote about in his book. It's the reason that the, they started this foundation. Oh, in and it had become his purpose. Um, was... The fact that he was very proud that he was doing well and that he was sober by all accounts. Uh, but something happened that morning where he ended up taking that much ketamine. And right. uh, it's I, just a shame. That I, yeah, I think you've got a lot of people now wondering, you know, what place you know, we, we heard he was doing well. You know, how well was he really doing? And yeah. it's, it's sad. Hi, I'm Heather from Sheffield in the UK. Uh, for me, since we've heard the news of Matthew's autopsy, I've seen a lot of the comments of focused on him lying about being clean and fail it, framing him as being manipulative or a failure, uh, rather than someone who was battling a serious health condition. And we really need to change that narrative. We need to speak about um, addiction in the context of health and destigmatize that conversation so that people feel more able to seek help if they're struggling or if they relapse like Matthew did. Yeah. And yeah. And by the way, Matthew was would always say he was not, you know, a former addict. No, I uh, was always very open about the fact that it's something you are always battling, yeah. um, and you know, it, it's uh, it is like she said, it is a horrible disease that people are fighting, right. and so yeah, there shouldn't be uh, that stigma attached to it. Um, just a sad ending. Um, okay. Moving on now to uh, what went down in New England this weekend for Taylor Swift. Uh, mm -hmm. She showed up for another Chiefs game. I, we shouldn't even, it's not really news now that she no. does. She's ever since. She's like one of the wives now. Right. She's she, there on the she's road. Not, if she's not uh, you know, performing, she goes to the game. Right. Chiefs were in uh, Foxborough to play the Patriots. Yeah. And she didn't get a, a warm greeting. Um, First time I've ever seen her treated this way. That Charles. Taylor Swift, that just shows you, I think this is more a testament to how, <laughs> how passionate Patriots right. are. <laughs> if she had been wearing a Patriots hat, oh, they would have been, been fine. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, she got some booze. But she's really into the game now, Mike. Like, I, I think she is. Yeah, she, is, I, she admittedly wasn't a football fan before. She is now, Charles, and you could tell by her reactions in the suite. This was crazy. I was actually watching this game live, and Travis Kelsey drops a touchdown pass, and then on the <laughs> ensuing play, uh, he gets kind of bowled over in the end zone, and there was no flag call, and Taylor Swift gets up and appears to scream the F word, kind of, who knows? At the referees or something? Yeah. At the referee being like, <laughs> right. hey, why didn't you call that call against my man? It was. It's really impressive. I mean, she admitted she had never seen football or rarely watched football prior to this year, and now she knows enough that, hey, that's a flag. Throw that on my guy. Yeah. yeah. See, <laughs> now we know what their pillow talk is about. He's like, all right, so if I go down five yards and I turn a button hook. They're talking like different routes and, and right. concepts. Breaking down plays, and she's, and she's into it. I, I think it's cool. And, yes, they won. I know they lost two games in a row. Yeah, so. they 
So stop, stop saying she's bad luck. This just goes to prove how down to earth Taylor is. She's cheering oh. on her man anytime oh. he's down and out or not. And also there's a really cute video of her dad celebrating her birthday. He was in a suite next to hers and brought her a birthday cake to the people in the suite and was like sharing the birthday cake with everyone. And you could just see on her face a typical like mortified daughter like, thanks dad, thanks so much. It doesn't matter who you are. You're, one of your parents. parents do that. Yep. Indeed. You're embarrassed. Well, she got a good birthday gift, right? They won. Guys, I will say, though, that, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to say that the curse is over and whatnot. You know, they, they finally won a game. But Travis didn't actually play that well. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want yeah, to yeah, bring it up. Charles's fantasy football team was here about that. Five catches, yeah. 28 yards, though. It's not very good. And this is a guy, like, who is going to be a Hall of Famer. And for his last few uh, stretches of games, hasn't, hasn't been great. Uh, I'm Darian from Arlington, Virginia, and it's nice to see that that NFL orientation that Taylor Swift went through is finally <laughs> paying off. She's just like the rest of us. She's throwing out those F-bombs. Her face is in disgust when a call doesn't go her way. She's just like the rest yeah. of us, and it's great to see. Exactly. I mean, she didn't break any TVs right. like <laughs> some people anything. might have. Not name names. Oh. We are about to take a, a little walk down memory lane with Mike the Situation Sorrentino. You know, Mike, of course, from Jersey Shore. And I remember going back when the show started and we had them on TMZ Live, right. like very early. And, and now to see where he's come now, I feel like, well, I feel old, uh, <laughs> but we've, uh, we've watched this journey. Yeah. The thing is, there's a lot that was going on in this journey that we didn't know about and you were about to learn because Mike has written a memoir, which comes out tomorrow. Uh, it is called Reality Check, Making the Best of the Situation, wow. How I Overcame Addiction, Loss, and Prison. So Mike has been through a lot yeah. uh, of lifetimes in the last 15 years, uh, and he is joining us now to talk about this book. Mike, uh, welcome back to TMZ Live. Thanks, guys, for having me. I'm so excited to uh, drop my book tomorrow. This is my masterpiece, and we're dropping a banger into the ether right now, and I think everyone is really going to love this book, uh, so I'm so excited. So, Mike, this is uh, your, your memoir, and we've seen a lot of celebrity memoirs this year um, where people bring up, obviously, when you're telling your story, you bring up a lot of old stories, um, and you sometimes involve other people as you were, you know, out partying back when you were um, doing a lot of, by your admission, doing a lot of uh, prescription drugs. When you were writing the book, did you talk to the people you were going to mention? Did you give them, say, hey, I just, you know, this story is coming out? I didn't really necessarily have to give anybody the heads up because I didn't besmirch anybody really in this book. But um, at the same time, as we're about to drop the book, I obviously let MVP know that, hey, there's a story in here about uh, some of those wild days. Um, but other than that, I didn't really have to give too many people heads up. Mike, if people aren't too familiar, because I, I really think watching, it, it wasn't really clear. It, you didn't know, hey, you might have been struggling. You might have been taking these drugs. If people aren't aware, what was your drug problem like? And sort of reading about how much money you spent, how many different drugs you did. Do you feel fortunate to be here right now, Mike, that you made it through this and can celebrate eight years of sobriety, which is incredible? Yeah, you know what? I'm uh, celebrating eight years of sobriety, and I think that God definitely spared my story or spared my life so that I'm able to share my story. Um, it's a very wild um, book. Um, once you pick up this book, you will not be able to put it down. Um, but I really did a great job of 
of hiding it, but not that great because every single season MTV would pull me aside and they would be like, listen, you know, uh, do you have a problem or can, can we help? Can we help you? Uh, and eventually in around season number five, they gave me an ultimatum, which obviously is in the book as well. So I really think everyone's going to really love this book. You know, you mentioned wow. season five, Mike, I know season, I think it was season four when you were in Italy and there was that really infamous scene where you were, pissed off and you went and headbutted a yeah. cement wall. And I know you write in the book about the fact that you couldn't bring, because you were overseas, bringing the drugs with you was not something, was not an option. Right. Is that well, part of what was going on there? Well, yes. I, I Unfortunately, I, I misjudged my habit. I, I ended up smuggling um, around 500 um, rock assets, which is a 30 milligram oxycodone overseas. And um, eventually I, I went through all those drugs. And around that time when you saw that clip, it's a very famous clip. I was going through withdrawal because I ran out of drugs. And in Italy or overseas, they, they have different sort of uh, prescription drugs out there. Um, and I was literally going through withdrawal on live TV on the biggest reality show in the country. Wow. What was the, the lowest point for you? Was it related to the addiction or more to being in prison? Uh, what was that low point? When I was in prison, I was already on a good um, routine um, and I was already two or three years sober. Um, but my low point was in 2015 when I tried a drug that I never thought I was going to try. Um, I eventually tried heroin at my lowest point. Um, I had spent a half a million dollars on uh, cocaine and um, and oxycodone. I spent a million dollars on lawyers defending the case. And I eventually, I mean, if you start to tally it up, I eventually started to run out of money. And uh, I was on a low point. I eventually tried heroin. Wow. wow. I, I, on, on purpose or was this something where you got from a dealer that you didn't uh, no, it, it wasn't on purpose. I, you know, I was at a low point and, and I called up one of my buddies, um, in 2015 and, um, I was on pre-trial at the time. Uh, I was depressed, anxiety through the roof. Uh, the government was coming after me for about $10 million. I had lost all the money. The Ferraris and the Lambos were gone. I called up a buddy and I said, Let, you know, can we go get some Roxy's, which is a prescription 30 milligram oxycodone. So he said, yeah, let's go. He picked, I picked him up. We went to uh, Newark, New Jersey. Um, and um, after a couple hours of searching, he came back to my car and what I thought was, uh, you know, some oxycodone, he threw on my lap a bag of, uh, or a bundle of heroin. And I was like, no, my, oh my God, no, you didn't. And eventually once I got home, um, I tried it, um, at my lowest point. Wow. You know what though, Mike, the, you look incredible. And, and the fact that you got through all of yeah. that, I, I know so many people have battled yeah. this stuff too. And it's yeah. so hard, man. You really, you, you look great, you sound great, yeah. and, and the fact that you guys are, you know, still shooting shows and you're still together, uh, you know, it really feels like you guys are a family, and I'm, yeah. you know, wondering how everyone else on the show sort of supported you in telling, uh, telling the story. Um, they definitely supported me, and they were super proud that I, to, that I wrote a book. Uh, writing a book was definitely on my bucket list. I'm now considered the publication, um, and uh, you know all my all my buddies. They're they're my best friends. They're my family today, and uh, we've turned 15 minutes of fame into 15 yeah. years. <laughs> We're the number one show on Thursday night for MTV, and sometimes cable overall. So you know you you just can't make this type of story up. It's a, it's a good one. Well, it is yeah, an incredible really story, is. and I'm uh, glad you are 
You're here to tell it, Mike. Uh, thank you so much. The book is out tomorrow. Uh, it's called Reality Check, Make the Best of the Situation. Uh, a really incredible story. And uh, Mike, I gotta say, like, having s talked to you guys from like the week one when the show was on to where you are now and everything you've been through, it is really amazing and uh, kudos to you. Thank you so much, guys. Everybody loves a comeback story and this is a good one. Indeed. Absolutely. All right, man. Happy Congrats, holidays Mike. to you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, happy holidays, guys. All right, man. That is it's a, a wild story. story. Yeah. And you know how successful they were and how successful mm -hmm. the show was and is, but yeah. to have that much money that he was blowing on. Right, that he ran out of money. It's yeah. Remarkable. All right, uh, when we come back, a big scandal in DC and heads are already rolling over a sex tape that was actually shot in the Senate in one of their congressional hearing rooms. We will tell you who has been fired, who is behind this tape, and how he's defending himself, saying that this is really just about who he's chosen to put in this sex tape with him. Welcome back to TMZ Live, a big investigation in DC now surrounding a sex tape that leaked online, uh, a sex tape that was made by the staffer, 24-year-old staffer in Senator Ben Cardin's office. Uh, ben Cardin is a senator, U.S. Senator from Maryland, yep. and uh, he had to address this this weekend once it came out. The actual tape uh, of his aide, uh, the aide's name is Aiden Chorovsky, and Aiden, um, from what has been seen in this tape, and obviously we can't show it to you, but it is yeah. online, um, he is in a room that was wow. used for uh, sometimes confirmation hearings. Right, right. And had filmed a, a sex tape there. Um, so he has been fired, but now they're trying to, you know, the investigation is what went on in this room, what went on in any other right. rooms, and how did this happen, that he was able to do this? It is a huge story. As you said, the tape uh, leaked online, and that room is very important. It's the judiciary room uh, of, the, of the Senate, and a lot of important stuff has gone on there before. The 9-11 hearings were there. Uh, there's been Supreme Court nomination hearings and so forth. And this is a very graphic tape, and of course he was dismissed, but what's interesting to me is what Aiden had to say about it is he thinks he's being unfairly targeted for part of a political agenda about the people he loves and taking them to task, and I really think it's just because he had sex at work. Right, I don't think I, I don't is really think, a target. No, so, I don't think it's anything to do with a man being with a man or, or whatever the combination. What, I think that's what Aiden is insinuating. Right. So this is what he posted about this on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> this has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. While some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, uh, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated. There's poor judgment, and then there's having sex. In and a how is that not public. disrespecting it, your workplace? You can't. To pull this kind of card or this kind of response at this time, is it's like me reserving a conference room to have sex. It has nothing to do with who you're having sex with. It's that you reserve the conference room for an inappropriate act. And then there, and it also undermines real cases where people are discriminated against when you have right. something uh, like that, which is obviously not discrimination. I mean, right. come on. And I, I think that's, you know, uh, as for the senator's office, I'm sure they did not expect to or want to have to deal with something like this. No, he's gotta be, the senator's gotta be furious. He so. just said, look, uh, Aiden no longer works in my office. We will have no further comment 
on this personnel matter. So well, this has now become the most famous thing that most uh, average Americans would associate with this senator, and I'm sure that's I'm not what he wants. By the way, this uh, Aiden was apparently was an intern um, with Diane in Diane Feinstein's oh. office back in the day. So he's been on DC. Right. So he should know how to act. He's been around, yes, right. and you would. That's not, hold on, that's not, I want to make clear, that's not just because it's in D.C. No. You shouldn't be having no, sex in your workplace. Uh, in, in L.A.? Unless you're an adult, <laughs> unless you're an adult film star. Yeah, we get a rolling work yeah. setting. Yeah, yeah. Yes. any work setting. Yeah. Hey, this is Addison from Galveston, Texas. So it's, it's really funny. Like, with all the division that's going on in the country, it would have been nice if we could all just kind of laugh about it. But, of course, there's, like, the big dispute, big dispute of, um, going on in the country. So unfortunately we won't be able to laugh about it. Could just say that America is screwed, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Aiden thinks that like, I think we can laugh about it. It's to me, it seems yeah. laughable that he thinks that this is anything other than right. you know, sex. At Politically work. motivated. Just can't yeah. do that. And filmed it. But anyway, yeah. uh, okay. Moving on to Amanda Bynes mm. and here today, gone tomorrow. This is what you could say about her podcast. Uh, which debuted last week, one episode. One episode. Um, but it also, it, when she started, it seemed like this is a good thing uh, that Amanda's doing this and yeah. that she was, you know, sort of getting, dipping her toe back into show business. Yeah. Well, it's over. After one episode, uh, she has Why? pulled the plug on the podcast uh, and says that it's basically because she couldn't book certain people. But she was aiming very high, right. apparently. Even though the podcast is doing really well and... The uh, response has been great. I am going to take a pause on it for now. We are not able to get the type of guests that I'd like on the show, like say Jack Harlow or Drake or Post Malone. So maybe one day if we're able to get those types of guests on the show, we will resume the podcast. But for now, I'm taking a pause on it. Thank you everyone who watched. I really hope you enjoyed it. And that is all for now. Well, listen, uh, in Amanda Bynes' defense, there are over 3 million podcasts. It's a tough game to be a part of, but it only lasted one episode. I right. mean, you got to do more than one it, episode. It's you got stay Jacob? with it a little bit more. Right. You make some more shows, grow an audience, it becomes a big thing, and then you can get Drake and Jack Harlow. Isn't that the... Well, you know, I respect her for shooting for the stars, though. You know, she clearly had high ambitions, and I don't think we should knock her for it. But uh, No, exactly. And I think, Amanda, like you said, it is the podcast game is a very difficult one. It is, but she's and a star. And maybe she felt that her celebrity would be enough to get that level of guests on the show... But yeah, I mean, it, and it she might be. It you just got to put a few shows out there, do the podcast a little bit, and that you'll get the guests eventually. She's a big star still. Well, she said she's pausing it, right? right? So maybe it comes back. Yeah, and I think it's a podcast sounds better in theory, but then once you start it, you realize, oh wait, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not as easy as I right. thought it might be. It's not just pull up a mic and then just start talking. No, right. it's a lot it's of a lot of preparation. Right, yeah. Exactly. Hey, Jay out of Ireland, Michigan, and I grew up watching Amanda Bynes and all that. I would love to see some more content from her. Maybe bring some of those old cast members on that grew up watching her. Just maybe. Yeah, she could do that. Although you know, she's had some feuds with uh, with old cast yeah. members. So, but then again, that that would draw better ratings. Right. So there are other ways she could do this. We'll see if she comes back to it. All right. All right. I'm going to do my best to be completely unbiased, but I will <laughs> I will state my bias up front, which is that I'm a huge Anita Baker fan. Yeah. I've always said that, uh, but I will say what I saw happen at her show in Houston this weekend 
was definitely upsetting. Something was going on in the front row uh, multiple times during the show yeah. that was bad enough that she stopped and called it out, was calling for security. Um, and there were some fans who think that she focused on the negative for too long. Right. But here's a little bit of what happened. I'm just saying, Aunt Anita does not play. No. And it, when she's upset about something, she's going to call it out. Right, right. Um, but, you know, look, there were some people who felt like that ruined the night yeah, for them. Wait, this is it's like Houston or American Airlines Arena. There's like It's a huge arena. It's where the right. Rockets play, Charles. So there are thousands of people in the building to watch. Yeah. People are saying this ruined the show, but honestly, does this not make you want to go even more? Because one, you can hear, she can still sing. She sounds great. And she didn't even stop singing when she was yelling at the people for right. taking pictures. She's still... <laughs> You're gonna yeah. get the songs, and you're gonna get some hijinks. Like I kind of, it's a, it makes, makes me seem more appealing. A little to me. more entertaining, and also, right. maybe don't be messing up in the front row. What was going now? Like I said, there were people who went online and were complaining, but there were some people who said, "Look, she was well within uh, her rights right. because well, people, there are people right that are paying lots of money, Charles, for those seats, and you've got people who don't." belong there in front of you, I would be annoyed too. Yeah, we're not getting the other side of it. We don't see what she's seeing. So no, why do we assume she's in the wrong here? Right. There's no reason that she would derail her right. own and show. No, she's on a tour. We've seen her do show after show. And we haven't, while we've seen controversy with Babyface, we haven't yes. seen controversy with fans. So. <laughs> Andre Harris here from Houston, Texas, 34 years old. Um, I just wanted to say that um, from someone who had floor seats, um, and I had friends who were a little bit further um, in front of me and we were texting the whole night. There were several people who were interrupting um, who I call Auntie Anita. Um, I mean, literally rushing towards the stage. Um, there were people trying to shake her hand. I mean, understandably so. There were also people who gave her flowers. I get that, but there were also times where she requested that if you were in the front to not have your phone in her face and then to also take the flash off. Um, and understandably so, that's probably distracting in many ways. So Andre, you said you had floor seats, so you saw people, like when she was yelling there, that's because someone had their like their light on or something? To my knowledge, that person um, was the same person that was she was talking about earlier in other videos oh. where she was like, move back, get out the way, you know, right. put your phone down. <laughs> All right. And, and she also mentioned, I want you to be, I want you to experience this with me. Put your phone down and don't don't have it in my face. Like you right. could take your pictures, you could take your video, but like if you are like up in my face in the middle of the uh, front row, like put your phone down. Yeah. You know, I, I know what you're saying. And, and I've yeah. seen her in concert where she has said to people like, enjoy the show. Right. Right. She's not the only artist that has said that, by the way. And it seems like it's becoming a thing. It's like all people do is record the whole show. Just watch the show and enjoy it. Kim Zolciak's divorce from Croy Bierman uh, gets more and more complicated, and the new layer uh, last week was, uh, which we saw when we got the body cam video, when police went to their house, there was an explosive argument, yeah. one of their kids had called police. Um, during his rant, Croy said something that we broke down everything he yeah. said, but the most interesting allegation was that Kim was sleeping with other people at this point, which would lead you to believe, right, this is definitely over. 
Um, but she's now responding to that allegation he made on camera. And she points out to the fact in her statement, which she is saying it's absolutely made up, that Corey made all of this up. She vehemently denies it. And she says in that statement that you have to remember that when Croy made these comments, he was enraged. The police were in the driveway. He was uh, basically spiraling out of control. But yes, she says in the 12 years they've been together, she has never cheated on him with anyone else. And she's right. He was unhinged at oh, that he moment. he was so upset. But Would it he obviously... I almost Prim wouldn't be shocked if they if they still scrapped the divorce, Charles. No, uh, no. I, I, would you? No, no. no. no I chance? would be shocked. You would this be shocked. Is, this is definitely over. Hi guys, this is Christy from Charlotte. I think Kim needs to definitely run far, far away from Croy. Any man who has that much white male privilege in Atlanta with the Atlanta police, come on. I mean, at one point during this whole rant. The police said, uh, can you humor me? I mean, this was while he was barricaded in their bedroom. He wouldn't even come out for the police. I, I hear what you're saying. Crying yeah. and begging. And they were like, oh, please, please, will you come out? Will you please come out? I mean, give me a break. I he think could the, kill her, I think, and they would be like, oh, well, what did you do? Uh, I, I don't think it's that bad, but no. I think the other thing, the he, part of it is that he's there, the police are there a lot. Right. So... I feel like they kind of feel like they're counselors in their marriage, which is not the situation. It shouldn't be that no. way. Um, but and, and he was yeah, shocked that they were there. Right. He didn't. Um, he didn't know at that point that his kids had called the police. So right. He's got cops on his driveway. All right. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Hey guys, it's Joy Daly from New York. And regarding that Fantasia Airbnb story, as an Airbnb host myself, Fantasia should have told the host her plans before booking that Airbnb and cleared that right away. Then there wouldn't be any question. But what makes no sense to me is that there was no damage. She said that she saw signs of other people throwing parties and she only had five or six kids there. So it could have been some racism at play because everything doesn't add up. Like the math isn't and mathing. Right. If yeah. other people have parties there, then and it was only five or six kids, then what was the big deal? Right. That's, That's the part I don't what get. doesn't make so sense. Harmless. And by the way, is that a thing, Joy, that you now, are you supposed to tell the Airbnb host everything you're doing while you're in the house? Right. That is, as a host, that is what I prefer. I think that you should absolutely share your plans. Let the host give you permission and say that it's okay before you even make the booking. That's the best thing to do. Wow. I, I get that if There's you're going a lot of party, detail. but it, like, hey, we're gonna have five 12 year olds over. We're gonna read bedtime stories and watch movies. All right, one more. Hi, my name is Christian Segura from Orlando, Florida. And you know, honestly, it, it was not a surprise that you know it seems to me negligence because uh, Matthew Perry obviously was taking ketamine, and from my understanding, that should have been under supervision, um, given what his history with addiction. I think that that should have been done in a facility, should not have been alone, and I guarantee you, if he wasn't for that hot tub, he probably still would have been here with us. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like uh, that level of, that amount of ketamine yeah. slowed his breathing so much and that he passed out. And you're right, if he's not in the hot tub, right. there's a better chance he right, actually survives this. But. say this for Demi Lovato. She knows what she wants and wastes no time. Uh, she is engaged to be married uh, to a uh, oh. singer, uh, songwriter, Jordan Lutz. Uh, they've been dating since, I think I saw it was February or something like right. that. Like earlier like eight, this year. Eight months or so? Nine months? Hey, hey, you know what? She got engaged once before, also kind of quickly, but um, this one, I will say this. I, I don't know a lot about Jordan Lutz. I don't know a lot about his career, but he is 
clearly a successful songwriter, has written some hits for her. Um, Bieber, Justin I think Bieber also. as well. And uh, according to Lucas, got some got some pretty good songs himself. So a talented guy. I, I don't like this movie and so fast. It's too soon. To I know what I was going to say. What I like about this, yeah. Mike, is that it's they fun. were friends for more than a year. Well, that's good. So they, they know each other. Because I was going to say, otherwise you're moving pretty quick. But the fact that they know each other, good for them. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm, you, you approve now, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I Otherwise, always say that fast. the key to a, a long-lasting relationship is to be friends with the person right. first. Good just, advice. Just good, a little, good, just good a little dating advice, advice for you kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow.